0: Welcome to this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott, and today we have a very special bonus episode for you. Upon the release of Gold Digger Sound, we passed the torch to our intern, Soul Delgadillo, to sit down with Leon Bridges and get the inside scoop on the new record. Uh, we've interviewed him before. Uh, and uh, Sol, how did you find Mr. Bridges? Was he a good conversationalist?
1: Yeah, he was super, super nice. Um, he thought that I did a fantastic job. I told I, hey. I I told him that it was my first interview, and he was like, "Well, you killed it. So, good job." Um, but he
0: was, you know, I did, don't don't tell anybody, but it was kind of hard for me and Greg. He just was not into it that day. Yeah. And, well, uh, you're, you're just more charming, soul. I think that's all it says. <laughs> well, you're the future. Yeah. I mean, who the hell? We're we're done. We're finished. No, that's great, soul. Thanks for doing that. And Leon, you know, um, you hit it out of the box with your first. Uh, interview and he did the same with his uh, debut album so you guys are on the same page now you know you guys are peers
1: yeah definitely thank you we, we also talked about um the fact that he was actually 23 when he first um trying to take being a musician seriously and i was like well i'm actually 23 and i'm just you know getting my career started so i thought that that was really cool
0: that is cool that is awesome well, after a short break, uh, Soul will be back talking with Leon about the new album, as well as his upcoming tour that's in a minute on Sound Opinions. Welcome back. Let's dive into this bonus episode. We are passing the mic in so many ways, Greg, to Sol Delgadillo.
1: What brought you to the Gold Diggers Hotel, and how did you think it impacted your creative process for the new album?
2: Well, I have been digging and, and searching and writing over the course of two years there was this song um by the name of motorbike
0: what do i gotta do to get you on the back of my motorbike switch lanes 29 ooh. it's whatever you like
2: ooh. i worked on that the summer of 2019 I think that when we wrote that song, it became the North Star as to how we wanted to approach everything else on this album. We had this idea of like, you know, what does the nighttime version of me sound like? Because I wanted to kind of make this more darker, sexier R&B thing. We felt like we needed to find, you know, this atmosphere and that we could kind of establish as home and like... Invite some of our favorite music friends to kind of cultivate this sound. Gold Diggers was the perfect place for that. Just inside, you know, it's just like unassuming kind of complex in East Hollywood. It felt as almost this place of refuge in the midst of this gritty city. It just had everything that we we needed, you know, to to make this album right. You know, and um, I basically lived there, partied there and created music there. The beautiful thing about it was, you know, we were able to kind of build these songs from the ground up, you know, as opposed to like, which how artists normally make music of like, here's the beat that's already realized and it's done and let's write to it. As opposed to that, we were able to just start from scratch and and set up in a live room with dope musicians and mostly improv a vibe until, you know, we found something that stuck. And so that was kind of the the process for Gold Diggers.
1: Right. And I thought that it brought like a whole new Range of what you could do with your music because a lot of your older stuff was, you know, very 50 60s inspired R&B and I was listening to the new album and I was like, is this is this Leon over a trap beat like this is great Like it was it was so cool to listen to.
2: Thank you. Thank you You know, it, it was fun to really experiment in that way when I look at that era You know of when I made coming home, you know, that's just where I was creatively honestly, I just got bored doing that kind of music and I wanted to express myself in more ways and, and and it's just really it's almost restricting doing that kind of sound because there's like a certain there's certain chord progressions that you have to stick to within that realm and so gold digger sound was just about me finding ways to integrate my sound and that grit in the soul within the modern r&b context
1: and so how would you want someone who is like brand new to your music only really heard like a couple songs how would you want them to approach this new record and is there a specific way that you sort of imagine that somebody would listen to it
2: in this in this day and age there's kind of a shortage of of albums that you can you know just press play and you know we put a lot of time into just really perfecting these songs i think gold digger sound is a is the type of album that you know you can just press play and just go on a journey it's an album that can be the soundtrack to so many so many experiences, you know, in life, and you know there aren't any tracks, you know, that are skip worthy. And
1: yeah, it's definitely a uh, an album that you want to have on vinyl.
2: Vinyl is definitely an ideal way to to listen to it as well.
1: It's it's definitely like a whole different experience than just like pulling it up on Spotify and listening to it on your drive to work. It's it's really cool to like you know sit down, maybe have a glass of wine, throw on a record. Like I feel like that's a much more cool relaxed experience of listening to music. Indeed. You mentioned that one song that you started writing in um 2019. Was that the song that came most organically to you?
2: There was just so many moments throughout this, you know, this process and like, you know, when you look at that song Motorbike that happened summer of 2019, it's it's really hard to explain, but it is something that we knew deep within like, yeah, this is this is the sound because like we had been During the process, you you write hundreds of songs and then you have to like condense it all down to however many make the album. But I, I would say the most organic tune that transpired out of the Gold Diggers sessions was Sweeter. Hoping for a life more
0: sweet.
2: My good friend, Terrace Martin, who co-produced and, and played saxophone on that record, um, that was his first day in the studio. And as soon as he walks in, he goes straight to the keys and he starts playing this beautiful chord progression. For me, like whatever's going on in, in, in the chords normally dictates what the song is for me. And I knew immediately like, okay, this is, this is what I want to talk about and it just unfolded, unfolded seamlessly. That's him.
1: Um, so you got Terra Smart and you got Ink, Robert Glasper, and these are the first official features on one of your albums right uh,
2: it is <laughs>
1: what was it like working with all of them was it they were all in the same room together at once did you work with them individually and what were those experiences like
2: there were times where terrace and ink would be we you know we'd be in the same room when you look at robert glasper i've crossed paths with him on multiple occasions his contribution to this um to born again the first song on the album was done remotely you know born again is a song that happened during the pandemic. You look at Ink, who's this singer-songwriter from Atlanta. As soon as she walks in the room, you know, you can feel her presence. You know, like she has this like, just like ghetto cowboy kind of vibe going on. And, you know, she walks in.
1: She commands the room.
2: Absolutely. So many different personalities, you know, amongst all those guys. But I'm just humbled that those type of musicians who could work with anybody would use their time to really come make the album special you know and so nothing but gratitude you know to be able to work with those guys
1: definitely and it, and it's really cool to see that they were your first features as much as i
2: you know i, I love i don't know young thug or all those guys you, you know I, I think it would would be almost kind of disingenuous to throw a random feature like that and so i think there are features but they're all tasteful and i think it's beautiful to have Terrace martin who's Playing saxophone, and that's it, you know, and, and for him to be credited as a feature is, is amazing. Same thing with Robert Glasper.
1: Although it would be cool to have young thugs singing R&B, but maybe in the deluxe edition. So, you're going on tour soon, and you have Child opening up for you. How did you get connected with Child? I've only recently started listening to them, um, and I've liked everything that they've come out with. They had that, that feature with Emotional Oranges on their recent EP, and I thought that that was really cool. And Child only has about... 5,000 Twitter followers. So I'm just curious as to how you got connected with them.
2: Well, shout out to my manager. He actually put me on to them. It's like almost in the same way I discovered Kurungbin. Um But he, he put the band in front of me you know, I just thought like, yeah, this is perfect opener. You know, when I curate those type of artists, you know, I try to find people who just compliment what I got going on. You know, it's, it's a really dope opportunity to share that, to share the platform in that way. Because, you know, when I look back on when I initially got started in the game, you know, people who, you know, let me do my thing on their platform, you know, and so it's going to be a good tour.
1: Do you remember that first tour that you got invited on, that that was your golden opportunity? Like, wow, they're really... Letting me share the spotlight with them.
2: It was definitely on like a small scale. Um, I never really toured before, you know, I became successful, but I, I can say there were moments of like, I had homies who had like these little residencies at these little dive bars or whatever. During, I guess their, their break, they would let me get up there and play a couple of songs. And that's actually how I got discovered. So that's what it's about, you know, giving people who are really talented. A chance to shine.
1: And so, since you're going out on tour, what songs are you most excited to play live?
2: All of them, really. You know, it, if I had to pick a couple, we I've worked on some really awesome, like live renditions of some of the songs. And and um, you know, but I'm looking forward to playing this song called "Born Again" live.
0: Feeling born again, feeling joy again. When all is fair, your love will last
2: forever. Forever. I'm looking forward to playing Motorbike Live, Magnolias. Yeah, we'll, we'll pretty much be playing my album, Gold Digger Sound, from top to bottom, also mixing in some of the older tunes as well.
1: That was going to be my next question is, are there any songs that you actually like missed playing live? Because you know, we had a whole year and some change that we didn't have any live shows at all. I
2: mean, during the pandemic, I was, I honestly didn't miss the road, you know, but now that it's all coming back, you know, I really miss playing River live. Surrender to the good dog
0: And wipe your slate please Take me to your river
2: Wanna go. It's a really be- beautiful moment in the set and it's just hella intimate song and it's dope to see you know everyone singing the lyrics back.
1: And I know that like some artists are really excited to play some newer songs before the album is even released. Was that something that you liked to do or is that something that you you're like I didn't miss it whatsoever?
2: During the pandemic I, I was able to showcase a couple of songs like on like Instagram live, you know, it's a good way of testing the waters. I was a little, you know, kind of apprehensive of of putting this album out because, you know, it's a different sound. You know, it's something a little fresh for my thing. And I was able to showcase some of those songs on Gold Digger Sound on live and little videos I would post on my page. and, and And the reaction was always positive. It gave me hope (laughs) that, you know, people would definitely embrace the new sound.
1: So when I was presented with this opportunity to interview you, the first thing I thought about was the fact that so many people cover River when they auditioned for the voice so <laughs> how does that make you feel and how did you feel the first time you heard that coming from your tv
2: oh my god i mean it's wild because like there was something that my my friend said when i first wrote river and i played it for my friend and he was like he's like man people are people are going to be covering this and this is before everything happened you know for me you know it's like people are going to be covering this from forever i mean those words were manifested in a way you know river is is, it's just one of those tunes i understand why you know that resonates and it's and it's amazing that a song like that works in the midst of a pop world
1: thank you so much for taking the time to interview with me this was a very very cool first interview to have you killed it thank you thank you i appreciate it
0: that's it for this bonus episode of sound opinions if you've got thoughts on this episode start a conversation in our facebook group or leave a voice message on our website soundopinions.org To support the show, join our Patreon community or buy some merch on soundopinions.org. As always, Sound Opinions is produced by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne, and our intern, Sol Delgadillo. Our social media consultant is Katie Cott. Thanks for listening.